0: Welcome to episode 73 of I Am The Knight, where we're looking at Riddler's Reform, season 2, episode 14 of Batman the Animated Series. But wait! Who's that? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Adam! Where? <laughs> right there.
1: Hello, yes it is me. I have returned, as always, to I Am The Knight to talk Batman-flavoured things. And this episode just felt... So classic and yeah. so Golden Age, which is what you'd expect from the Golden Age duo of you
0: and I on this show. Yes. <laughs> golden uh, is you, and I'm the age. <laughs> ah, uh, Age doesn't mean much. Age just means that you have more time spent reading Batman compared to me. Oh, yes. And uh, as you said, vintage, classic Batman. And I- I'm really glad you brought up the Golden Age, but this episode to me... Reeked of the Silver Age silliness, obviously the Golden Age still had some dark moments before the horrible comics code and uh, censorship really took me head and made everything wacky and uh, crazy and the way they actually involve the giant props prevalent of the Silver Age in the story in a real world way that makes sense. It just makes me think, thank you, Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, and Randy Rogel for this wonderful story. And thank you, for Dan, Dan Reber, for one of the best-directed and best-looking episodes I've seen in a long, long time.
1: It did capture that uh, stark realism of this vision of Gotham that we've seen so consistent across every episode up yeah. to now, as well as the giant gold and silver age um, oversized props, the oversized TV, <laughs> and the immense sticks of dynamite that I'm not sure... Uh, Super realistic, but it's still just so satisfying to see that you can just
0: forgive it. Oh, absolutely. It is it's such a tip of the hat to the wonderful, the weird, the wacky and the nonsensical aspects of all of Batman's history and the way they've managed to write that into a cracking fun modern day story. Truly. And we've got a classic modern day story with a very strong
1: depiction of the villainous side to the Riddler, because sure enough, with Riddler's reform as the episode started um, you read out the title of the episode and I said, oh, that's not very likely. But then I thought back to myself because there has been times when Riddler yes, was he has, yeah. somewhat anti-heroic and a good guy, sort of like a detective almost. Yep, yep. he in detective
0: agency and for a while he was actually on the side of the angels. But as uh, with all great stories, you can't keep a good villain down.
1: Yes, much like in this case, you couldn't keep a good villain down just by how outwardly nice he seemed in this story. There was something sinister going on that was a little hard to prove but Batman still remained determined and remained sure that he could follow the clues to see that Riddler was
0: up to no good once again. Yeah, I mean, it, it's his compulsion, isn't it? It's, it's his disorder, his way that... He needs to prove himself smarter than everybody else. He needs to leave those clues. That's what makes him a candidate for Arkham rather than Blackgate.
1: Yep, yeah, he has that sort of clinical planning and meticulous, dark genius that means that, sure, he would eventually feel the need to do something dark and sinister just because he needs to show that he's the smartest and he's the best.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm always really happy when we get a Riddler story because if if I'm not mistaken, he's your favourite Batman villain, isn't he?
1: Oh, no, that's the quality of Batman's Rogue's Gallery. It's just too close. He would have been my favourite a few years ago, but um, the quality of the Rogue's Gallery is so good that there's something lovable about nearly everyone for mm, me. Yeah. I think they're all so strong and so well realised compared to any other fictional heroes sets of recurring villains because mm-hmm. I, I myself coming from a world of uh classic video gaming i think of like your old-timey platformers like characters like mario sonic and mm-hmm. zelda mm-hmm. and link there would there was only ever really one maybe two villains to each of those characters Your yeah, bowsers your yes. yeah, eggmans your yeah, ganondorfs um metroid fought against the corruption samus rather um master chief always fought against the forerunners and the things that built the Halo, Halo rings. But uh, yeah, I'm used to like iconic, clear villains, but I don't think Batman does anything quite by halves. All of his villains are so strong, so evocative, and so
0: well-rounded that you can't help but love all of them for different reasons. Yeah, greatest rogues gallery in fiction, bar none. Truly. Seriously, bar none. But um, I really love the writing in this episode, because rather than just leave little written clues and riddle me this and all that stuff we've had over the decades with the Riddler, we actually saw some smart, subtle um, clues. I'm a new man, um, history long gone, and the the clues of the Newman um, place that got robbed of its historical antiquities. And it, it was just really, really cool to see. And the way Batman instantly, Worked it out was just vintage Batman as well as vintage Riddler. Truly, because we got to see Batman as the puzzle solver and the detective.
1: That's the that's the beauty of the Riddler as a villain. It yes. brings that
0: side out of him. Oh yeah,
1: because he needs to fight. I think it was in an episode of Batman: The Brave and the Bold where he once said that he has to fight each villain in ways that that would actually work. Yeah, in ways that in yeah, using yeah. their own methods against them, mm-hmm. he can outfight Bane and cut off all of the venom pl- pipelines that feed him as a. Uh, his super strength, and he can fight Joker by being the cool rationalism against the Joker's mania. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he fights the Riddler by outthinking him, especially considering that the Riddler thinks himself as such a grand intellect that can't be outthought, that he has to fight in that terms because that's the sure way to not just like foil his plans, but to actually
0: demoralize and defeat him. Oh, yeah. And uh, well, we see a lot of that come the end of the episode, but obviously we'll get to that moment in due course but um it's wonderful to see that it's kind of sad as well that if he wanted to if he really wanted to if he could fight the compulsion riddler could reform and have a life outside of crime fighting that's a little bit heartbreaking for me it is
1: because the the way that the old benefactor presented riddler's situation right at the beginning of the episode oh i couldn't i couldn't fake a brand this clear mm-hmm. just like the intellectual that bested batman and just got the bright garish colors for a toy company that wants to sell puzzles that is genius marketing oh, and that it makes total sense that. um obviously of course be working for a toy company is a great writing choice from the creative team just to really market it back to the saturday morning audience but still that level of like forethought and that application in the real world is feels so realistic yes whilst still somehow tying itself back to the saturday morning audience Mm -hmm. while still showing just a true side of the riddler that makes us feel sad that he doesn't actually have that avenue back because he's just so stuck in
0: his ways and stuck in his own mental illness absolutely Uh, because in a way he would actually have been better off reforming Working for Wacko Toys, which again is a genius name in and of itself, because because of his psychosis, because of his, his his mania, he is a little bit sadly wacko. But he would have been minted. He would have made millions just the way. I mean, twenty percent in the space of a week. I think the uh, the company owner Charles Baxter said that they managed to do before he got himself caught again.
1: Yeah, something like that. And um, for a national company, that is a
0: lot. That's an immense sum
1: of money. Huge. That's that's change your life, retirement money. And as long as he was still there, like, generating puzzles and, like, creating adverts here and there, he would have a steady cash flow for the rest of his life. But his own narcissism and his yes. own destructive personality led him back down a dark path, which is a real shame. But then again, I think the chance for him to see his ways is what led him into the good side more than times than one in the comics.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's It's sadly... Um, We saw it coming, but it's still... I mean, the the quality of the writing, it still felt like, oh, Edward, why? But um, did you think, at the end, when he believed he'd killed Batman, when he burned his costume, that that might have been the end of the Riddler? I mean, do you think that the fact that Batman's still out there is what makes his psychosis persist in a way? Is it a never-ending circle? Possibly.
1: I'd like to think that um that him throwing away all of his greens was his way of just like turning away becoming Edward Nigma and becoming the toy designer and the personality behind Wacko Toys and all yeah. their puzzles. But I also think that especially considering this is an early version of the Riddler, mm-hmm. I think it would have led to him relapsing as though he were an addict. Yeah. Potentially. I think he would have eventually gone on to do something because he would have got complacent in that job designing toys and he would have got bored. So he would have needed the rush of outsmarting law enforcement and outsmarting whatever other vigilante pops up by committing more crimes like that. But without Batman there to stop him, his crimes would have escalated further
0: and further still. Absolutely. At least until Dick Grayson was old enough to resume the mantle, I guess. But hey, that's a parallel world story for another time, I guess. But this story, um, again, I want to go back to the brilliance of the writing and the direction, scenes in the rain, thunder, lightning, and everything that goes with it. Beautifully atmospheric episode as well as a vintage swashbuckling action piece.
1: We got real sense of like a gritty and like naturally oppressive Gotham. Yeah. I don't know what the storm and the heavy weather sort of symbolize, but like that moment right at the middle, right where we got, uh, Batman and Robin staking out that one place, and mm. the rain coming in, coming in sideways. Um, we're from the UK, ladies and gentlemen, and non binary, so we're used to rain. <laughs> uh, according, <laughs> according to legend, it rains here uh, eight days a week. To quote the Beatles, but um, it's not actually true. We're just very aware of it as a as a country, but still, we are aware of all rain of all kinds. And when rain comes in like that, it's something to just sort of take note of. Mm. We saw that couple just chase off their umbrella after it, turn inside and out yeah, and flew away. Of touches like
0: that, which weren't what? necessary, but really lovely.
1: It just shows how strong the weather was and just like mm-hmm. a great bit of realism because a lot of people can relate to a, a visual like that. But still, it just gave this level of realism and atmosphere that just made you feel like you could see how bad the weather was at that in Gotham at that time. And it showed Batman and Robin as like staunch heroes for doing their duty... Without any real evidence that yeah, Enigma uh, was up to his dastardly ways again, they're just staking him out through those elements because they're big darn heroes.
0: Yeah, but as well, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a trope with any real detective fiction that sometimes evidence is the icing on the cake, but you've got to go with your gut instinct. And Batman knew. Unlike um, adventures involving Two-Face, where he still thinks something of Harvey Dent is in there that he could possibly save, he knew Riddler's compulsion, Riddler's um, mania would resurface and he couldn't reform. Batman just went with his gut and as 99% of the time he was spot on accurate.
1: Yeah, I think if the news hadn't presented the break-in at the... The antiquities gallery, and if he hadn't have been able to put the clues together, I think he probably would have believed that Riddler had reformed for a time, yeah, until more clues started to line up. I think he would have realized it and made the connection eventually, but still would have been like, Okay, this is all plausible, I'll keep him on my watch list. But if he's actually working for this toy company now, Ali's off. But no, hearing the evidence of the the antiquities break in and lining up all of the words, just knowing how. The Riddler works with just like the subtle, like ah, oh, I'm I'm implying this but not saying it outright. Look how smart I am. Yeah, he knew that he could be suspicious of him once again.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this whole episode, um, we get the impression, and he more or less says it. Riddler says that that, that Batman is his nemesis. Batman is his ultimate um, evil to, 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 in his eyes. But I actually think that Edward Nygma's own worst enemy is actually Edward Nygma. Yeah, that's definitely
1: true for a lot of um, people of his mental capacity. There's a certain level of narcissism there. He has to continuously prove what he's like, how smart he is, how superior he is, and that will lead to him challenging himself more and poking the bear that is Batman until eventually Batman bites back and proves that he is a greater intellect, which then spurs on his need to continue to prove himself and it is a vicious cycle but that's true for a lot of people in that mental frame Yeah, unfortunately
0: absolutely absolutely um again with the weather and the with the batman and robin tracking enigma down to his hideaway we get some fantastic visuals Like you said, once they get getting out of the rain. A beautiful moment where Batman and Robin walk into the room. And even though Robin's in the reds and the greens, you can tell that it's a darker tone, possibly similar to what we saw Chris O'Donnell wear in, in Batman Forever. And all you can really see is their eyes and hints, outlines of their costume. It's a beautiful image when they walked into that room. It
1: was really, because uh, with the weather backdrop, it creates the old uh, Gothic horror imagery and mm. the, stuff of like true horror the stuff that batman portrays because if you're going to talk about batman forever uh as marmite as the film is i don't hate it even though i recognized in a I love lot that movie in a lot of ways it's very strange but one of the moments that everyone agrees is excellent is the bit where chris o'donnell's robin goes out to try and prove himself as like a big shot uh, hijacking and jerry uh no um uh, joyriding the batmobile that's it and then he gets into the fight with that neon-coloured street gang. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Val Kilmer's Batman spreads his wings and they all crap themselves and
0: run away. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's That figure of fear, that immediate, oh no, it's Batman, we're out. That is such a strong visual that is so consistent with the character that we see in another great moment in this episode. But it's just still that moment when we get the silhouettes and the uncertain shapes is just so great to see and it's something that I hope is a part of Batman's character forever.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that's the classic Batman, that figure of the night. Um, Bane said it upon their first meeting: a, a figure of terror in a city of terror. Um, and it's even more poignant when you realise that Dark Knight is such a fantastic description because he is there to terrify, but only the guilty, not the innocent, inside. He's a shining beacon of hope, and that is why I love the character so much.
1: He's a shining beacon of hope with his own very strong personal code of chivalry that yeah. he maintains every time he steps out to bring justice. Like a true knight. Like a true knight, Absolutely. Yeah. I think the other great moment in that scene right at the middle of the episode, when they were fighting those two goons in the uh, the, ju- the jewellery store, because like the Riddler had actually quite good props to Riddler, being able to trick them and mislead them with the quality of the riddles. Mm-hmm. The other great moment in that scene that I really wanted to sort of focus on for a bit was when Robin was injured and Batman chased the two goons his own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's an old trope from something that you and I both love, Russell T. Davis's Doctor Who, mm-hmm. where he said that great tension in a chase sequence shouldn't be horizontal, like someone running after Absolutely. someone. It should be vertical. And like For moments like that, it just makes me think of... Like he used when that a lot. He used that a lot because it is a great dramatic mm. device like if you ever think of like the beginning of speed yeah. like when they're in the elevator shafts or in that episode of doctor who where they're in the uh, window cleaner's washer car just like in this episode it builds great tension because when you're running for someone you're just running for someone you go you're running a race you're getting to an end goal when you're going up and down you have to worry are they struggling to get up somewhere mm-hmm. and are you worried that they're going to fall so yeah. it builds great tension that i really felt in this episode
0: in that specific scene Absolutely. Very awesome. I'm really glad you brought that up because, as you say, it doesn't just give you the thrill of the chase. It gives you the thrill of possible impending doom should the chase go wrong.
1: Exactly. And we got such great character moments from the two goons because they could easily just write two meatheads just to be working for the Riddler. Because that would have been the lower, like, tiny lizard-brained entities that the Riddler would get for cheap because he doesn't have to care about them. An actual quote from the Riddler from the uh, Arkham games. Your tiny lizard brains, mm-hmm. but um, we get real good characterization out of this because one of them is very like eager and going home and wants to fight Batman and using the the cable cars to try and escape him. But what the other one is justifiably terrified, seeing a figure jump out of yeah. the window, sail down towards you in the mm-hmm. rain and the lightning, it is
0: naturally terrifying. But we get good character visions from these two goons and one of them clearly cares about the riddler and when riddler says that's it it's all over he actually shows concern for his boss and that's something you don't get from most of the goons in gotham about their crime lord bosses
1: no it's true but then again i suppose maybe the riddler got a special deal on uh the running gag we have in this show uh (laughs) goonfinder.net Uh, crony Gatherer Biz. Uh,
0: s- s- swipe right, swipe left.
1: Oh no! <laughs> God, what would it be like? What would it be like Mugsy Thirty Eight, proficient in fisticuffs and heavy lifting?
0: Never arrested.
1: <laughs> Never arrested. Saw Batman one time. Three stars. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I feel like in like 21st century comics, that has to be a thing. I'd imagine a character like Calculator would curate a you database like that.
0: took the words right out of my mouth. I said, if anyone's behind something like um, Hyragoon.net, it would be someone like Calculator. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, because, <laughs> because Calculator is literally just like the Oracle of bad guys. Yes,
1: yeah, the flash will be it's out of Central
0: on. City for a while,
1: so your plan is safe to s- proceed. Uh, now, for my fee, pleasure doing business with you as a wizard, stuff like that. I've Absolutely, th- and I feel like he would actually make the the Goon Finder app, and he would charge a fortune for it a dollar ninety nine. Oh hell
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, you look at the app store and you see anything <laughs> above like fifty pence, it's yeah. a it's a fortune.
0: <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Uh, And who pays it? Apple users. Um, Sorry. Uh, Let's not get political. Mm. (laughs) It will be political in about 30 years. It will be the corporations that get to name galaxies. Indeed. Uh, If they haven't started already. Mm. So um, let's then go to our regular moment. We do this every week where you and I look at the episode as a whole and bring out the good, bad, the ugly, the things that stuck out about this episode, Riddler's reform.
1: Well, seeing as we don't have any uh, noteworthy cast members to sort of bring up, seeing as we've got the repeat performance of...
0: The wonderful John Glover. Yes. Oh, brilliant. As the
1: Riddler, just the stern seriousness, but also that zany ma- mania of someone trying to prove themselves as an intellectual. Yeah, I'm really sorry because I haven't seen your notes. And we take detailed notes when we watch these episodes to talk to them about them back when we record these episodes. I'm really sorry, but I'm almost certain I'm going to pinch yours again. Mm-hmm. Just that wonderful moment where Batman is always in control of the situation because there's that moment at the dinner party where the Riddler uses the radio, the to, a radio just to make Batman sound like an over-obsessed nutcase and then starts to humiliate Batman. But then Batman turns it around, makes sure that he is left with a threat and leaves through the window on a crash of lightning to still feel terrifying. But the fact that Batman maintained that level of control is just such a
0: cool yeah, we know who the hero is, we can't hate this character sort of moment. Oh, absolutely. And that was a moment I was definitely going to bring up. It's so beautifully done where Riddler's got the whole crowd laughing at Batman. And Batman just turned around and literally says, listen, (laughs) the truth will out. And then thunder, a bolt of lightning, and he's gone. And it was beautiful yeah that that's definitely one of my standout moments for this episode no shadow of a doubt but for anyone who may not have listened to all our previous episodes for shame what were you doing get on that please um John Glover is a legend in the industry uh live action and voice acting and great um nerd cred as Jason Woodrow in Batman and Robin um, for his sins. And of course, Lionel Luthor in Smallville. This guy's been in so many things and he is to me, just like every voice actor in this series, he is to me the Riddler that I try to emulate when I read these comics in my inner voice in my head and when I read them to you when you were a wee nipper. That's true. Yeah, I think that's a strong performance that you really couldn't forget. Absolutely. But my main takeaway from this episode has to be Riddle himself at the end, having a riddle he can't solve. That, to me, was absolute gold.
1: Yeah, because I think that's the whole thing we talked about right at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. You have Batman has to fight his villains in a way that they can understand, he can take on the brawny guys, he can be rational against the crazy guys, but against someone who wants to beat him as an intellectual, he has to outthink them, and he outthought the Riddler in such a way that he's left even more manic and uncertain than before. And we really felt for the Riddler when he said, I can't go back to Arkham, I'm done, I'm determined, I'm out. So we really felt for him when he was back there, beaten in so many ways, and just left manic and uncertain and unclear in the future.
0: Absolutely, it uh, reminds me of a well fairly recent. It's in the last couple of years, fairly recent uh, issue of Justice League where Lex Luthor says, "Well, I am the smartest man in the room, even right now." Hang on, actually, is Batman here? He's not. Okay, yes, I am definitely the smartest man <laughs> in the room, and that was Lex Luthor's own words wow. in the Justice League comic. I'd imagine someone with an ego as big as Lex Luthor for him to still stand by
1: that stand by that train. That's that's mm-hmm. okay. Just another reason I can like Lex Luthor more, or, or like Lex Luthor more, um, the dude who owns that, com- that shipping company can't be trusted. Yeah, and his dad is the Riddler, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I do also remember now that his dad got eaten by a
0: demon in the Shazam movie. Oh yes, yes, another vintage John Glover performance. Thank you, sir. We salute you. We do so that's it. That was Riddler's Reform, episode 14 of season two of Batman the Animated Series. So with that, um, Adam Ray, tell Gothamites everywhere where they may read, watch and hear your works.
1: I have much content out there in the universe, just low where to look, and you can look in these places. For Batman-flavored things, I review many titles a month on Dark Knight News, both Catwoman and Suicide Squad. Both are in excellent spots right now. But for my one true love, PC and tabletop gaming, look to Our Pride and Joy. FantasticUniverses.com for my irregular hot takes on card gaming, gacha gaming, PC gaming, and everything in between, look to... Twitter, at IsItTinkerer, where I have similar, such rambles, but mostly I also retweet fan arts of some of my favourite characters. Look to twitch.tv forward slash Tinkerer for my card gaming live streams, The Hostile Atmosphere on YouTube for my PC gaming Let's Plays with some dear friends, No Ordinary Heroes on YouTube for my Dungeons & Dragons Let's Plays, and for further reading, look to the Apotheosis Studios blog for Monsters Modules, and magic items to level up your TTRPG experience, and RuneterraCCG.com for news and decks on the League of Legends card game.
0: Do check out all that stuff. It is, quite literally, magic. As for myself, follow me on Twitter at ElStevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O, or type Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes into your search engine of choice to read my news, reviews, features, and interviews all across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, Fantastic Universes, and CB. Ah, this show, I Am The Night, is part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network, along with the Spinnerack, Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast, and um, that's it, isn't it? Yes, and of course on YouTube, the DCN After Dark. You can catch all of these shows on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you catch your podcasts. You can catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News across the internet and on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at DC Comics News or at DKNews.com. And as for that, you may realise something. This has been the I Am The Night podcast with me, Steve Ray. I Am The Night. Adam Ray is The Night. Together, we are The Night. Thank you for listening, and until next time, read more comics. And watch more.